great church. I like that phrase, and Mary used it earlier uh, when I greet you, morning church. You know, biblically, church isn't a building, it's people. So uh, you're the church, not the, not the structure. Uh, let's take a look at the text. We're going to piece life together. We're taking a look at a, a text I've been thinking about, slash dressing about for a few days. Uh, a survival guide for our homes, hashtag in my humble opinion. Uh, let's read the text together, and you're going to know why I'm stressing about it right out of the gate. <clears throat> Wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents and everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, House servants, house help, people we let into our home, obey your earthly masters and everything. And do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Now, if you have your Bibles with you, underline this one. Whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. All righty. <laughs> All righty then, the reading of... God's word. I think I need to pray. Let's pray together. Loving and holy God, uh, our homes, wow, even that word is up for re-clarification and definition, and that's because everything changes. The one thing that doesn't change is you, God, Father, Son, and Spirit in our midst. Help us mine the principles of this text in a way that is relevant, relational, and bold for this day. In your strong name we pray. Amen. Okay, so uh, I thought we'd have a little fun before we dig into uh, this. Uh, take a look at this guy. Ah, look at that guy. So this is me. Eight weeks early, I weighed about two pounds, seven ounces or so, and then, you know, you go home and you drop a little bit. And my mom uh, said that, and I think there's three chins there, by the way. <laughs> if there's not three, it's because it's hiding under my shirt. Uh, so this is what I'm going to look like another 20 years, I suppose. Uh, my mom was always paranoid uh, when I got home because I weighed so little in the hospital. I spent a month in an incubator, right? And my mom said when I came home, anytime I opened my mouth, she just shoved a bottle in it. And uh, so this is what happens when you do that, <laughs> right, right here. Okay, take a look at another one. Here's me. I'm kind of slimming out a little bit. There's a, there, yeah, a little bit of fun there. One more. Let's go to the next one. Now here's uh, me holding my brother. Dan, Dan, my youngest brother Dan's the little guy, and my other brother Matt. So here's three troubadours growing up in the Wilson family. Now, this is the early 60s. I don't, 
I don't even remember this. I remember the other one, but not two. I don't remember three of these photographs. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know what? That must be at my grandma and grandpa's house. So uh, there I am right there. thought you'd enjoy that. One more. I remember this uh, in the backyard. Um, we had, the three of us, gotten so much trouble just before this. And the reason we're smiling is we just wanted out of there. And uh, we were smirking because we all knew we just got in big trouble uh, all the way through that. So there's, there's me and my other two brothers, uh, Matt and, and Dan. Um, so growing up in the Wilson household in the 60s, this is kind of funny. Uh, one of the reasons I've been stressing out about this is because I may be the least uh, likely or the least qualified to talk about this topic right here. When I grew up as a kid, uh, there were three things we did not ever talk about in our family. Are you ready? Money, politics, and religion. It's like that. It's the heart of everything, right? Um, Politics is religion's way in the world. Religion, spirituality is the main thing, and money tells us what the main thing is in our lives. I mean, if you really want to know what people worship, just pull out the checkbook and start, you know, adding it up. Wow, this is really important to you, right? So it was kind of fascinating. So what we did talk about was news, weather, and sports, and sports, and sports, and sports, and sports. That's, you know, in sports, again, that's really what we talked about. So it's ironic that uh, 33 years later, I don't know where Dawn is. She's around. I, th I know I heard her laugh. That's the best part. There you are. Hi, sweetie. Uh, so we've, that's what I grew up in. Her home was a little different than that. They talked about uh, money, and they struggled. And I watched them uh, go back and forth with issues of money and spirituality, uh, religion, and, of course, politics. And I don't always agree with their determinations, but that's okay. So this morning, let's talk about a survival guide for our homes, all right? And let's not do this in a formulaic way. Let's push back like we're in a drone. Uh, you know what a drone is, right? Okay, so a drone goes up in the air, and it takes pictures from high altitudes. And Len, actually, interestingly enough, showed us a satellite photo earlier. So we're going we're gonna to pan up and out, and we're going to look at our homes uh, from a big-picture perspective today. That's the thinking. And because of the text, the way the text is written, I think that's the way in which we ought to talk about our homes. So it's not a formulaic approach. It's not three steps to a peaceful home, as if that's even possible. It's not six steps to a more healthy home life, right? Life is too complicated. It's not even a cookie-cutter approach to our homes, because we're all different. We're all wired differently. But there's some aspects of principles of the text that I think may be relevant for us yet even still in 2017. And I've given us five, and you can come up with a few more. Don and I went over this earlier this week, and I started with ten. So you're lucky because I got it down to five. Okay? Feel free to add. Feel free to subtract. So this is not about a right way to be a parent or a grandparent or... Even a family of faith, a community of faith, one of the cool things about our sacrament of the baptism is we all, right, as community, pledge to raise 
each other's children. So this isn't just relevant for the home. This is relevant for the community of faith, as well as relevant for society. So I think there's some things that perhaps we could mine here. Now I want to show you another image. This is Rublev's, Andrei Rublev's icon of the Holy Trinity. I've used this before. This, basically, this image drives most of what I think about a lot of things, especially the family. This icon was painted uh, just before the Reformation in the 16th century by Andrei Rublev. Uh, it was originally about the three visitors to Abraham and Sarah's home in Genesis. It's now become uh, a picture of the Trinity. Has anybody seen this before? This is called Art in Worship. All right, raise your hand a little higher because I'm getting old. Okay, good. Seven of you. And they're all on the left side. Interesting. So Andre's uh, Rublev's Icon of the Holy Trinity, I'm going to do this really fast because I want to get further on as quick as possible. What I, I want you to notice a few things here, and I'm going to refer to this upon occasion the rest of the morning. Three images. Uh, the Creator on the far left, Christ figure in the center, the Spirit figure on the right. What I like about this is the level playing field, the mutuality. There's no hierarchy here. Okay? There is a distinct understanding of the uniqueness of the role that each of the three plays and in the uniqueness of the three, they find their oneness. Should I say that again? I don't know if I can, actually. There are three figures in this image. Each has its own role. But in the uniqueness of each of their roles, they find their unity together. Notice the tilting of the heads. Everything in this painting is important. The tilting of their heads. The, the Father's head, the Creator's head, is tilted toward the Son and the Spirit. The Son and the Spirit, their heads are tilted and towards one another. There is a mutuality. There is a reciprocity. Do I need to define those words? There's a level playing field. There's no hierarchy in this place. Uh, the official theological word, this is for the brainiacs here among us, uh, is that this is a perichoresis. Peri is our English word for around. Choresis is circle dance. This is a circle dance. Notice that there is space between the three, and there is space for all of us in the front because the three are open. There's space for all of us to enter into this relationship, this circle dance. I think this could be helpful in, in the way we understand our families, and in particular, this text. I mean, after all, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. I'm not necessarily, I'm definitely not a hierarchical guy. I'm into this image being projected because that's the way God is into the way we run our homes. So all of this language in its totality, wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. There's a bending of the heads towards one another. There's a mutuality of respect. There is no hierarchy. There is no headship in the sense that we think. Children obeying our parents and everything, why this pleases the Lord. So I think there's something in here for us. 
It's about mutuality, it's about respect, it's about the dignity of each person in the family using the broadest definition of the family as possible. And it also has implications for us in the church community, in society, and for all of our primal relationships. Because we are all created in the image of this. And God said, it is good. It is very good. Imago Dei. So I think that families, communities, are modeled after the way God is in the Trinity, and I think this is helpful for us. You with me? Did I just leave you at the door snoozing? Okay, it's going to get simpler now. I, maybe, I don't know. We can build a survival guide for our homes, taking a big picture drone map of it, importing this into the text, and re Imagining family life in 2017, where this actually is pertinent for us, okay? I think there's a few stops. I'm going to give us five stops. You may come up with ten, like I did originally. Uh, feel free to add your own. Don't elbow your partner or your child sitting next to you when there's a zinger. That's not mutuality. That's not respect. Okay, So let's take a look at a few principles that I think come out of this text. Because it's all here. Wives, husbands, children, uh, masters. People we let into our home. The way we interact with all people on a daily basis. Uh, our kids watch us do that. Okay, So number one, cultivate an environment of respect for all. Cultivate an environment of respect for all. This is a respectful relationship. Let each be each. Let the father be the father, the mother be the mother, the child be the child. Some of our homes, we've got two parents. Others, we don't. Some homes, it's tough because mom has to be mom and dad, or dad has to be mom and dad. I had to think about that for a minute. Let grandparent be grandparent. Let there be respect for those roles as each tilts its head towards one another. This is not an abuse of power. This is a total and complete loving, mutual relationship. Brini Brown, who I'm into and recommend her to all of us, says this. Who we are and how we engage with the world are much stronger predictions of how children will do rather than what we know about parenting. I think this is true. I don't know hardly anything about parenting. Don, do you? She knows more than I. But our kids watch us day in and day out and interact with people. Do we respect our children, each other, and the folks that we come into contact with? That's wives submitting to husbands, husbands loving wives, children obeying parents, masters or fathers not embittering their children, and mutual respect for all because of who people are created in the imago dei, the image of God. All right, number one, create, sorry, cultivate an environment that's respectful for all. Number two, I'm, I'm working my way down. Number two, create a safe place. Do the, best thing that you, do the best that you can to create safe places for your kids, for your grandkids, for each other. 
homes, they got to be a safe place. It's the only place that we have that could be safe besides this sanctuary. Our homes safe places. This relationship is totally safe. This is a safe place to be. And we're always invited into this. That's the whole point of the gospel. Enter into this, not the other stuff. That's why I think Meister Eckhart said that God created out of the laughter of the Trinity. This is such a loving, hospitable, open, respectful, creative place that in the laughter of this relationship, everything came into being. Is that the way our homes are? Number three, vulnerability. Create vulnerability. Man, you guys are quiet today. I'm not sure what to think about that. This is a vulnerable relationship. This is a vulnerable relationship. God becoming a human being, a dot, to use Len's word, (laughs) to reconcile. That's vulnerability. That's relinquishing all rights, privileges, entitlements for the sake of the other. There's vulnerability, I think, in the triune God. And there needs to be vulnerability in our homes. I mean, I think our kids need to see us struggle. Struggle with the big things and struggle with the small things. Struggle with greed. Struggle with the, the things that we don't talk as much about. We put the other things out there. But the struggle with greed in an anxious society there, when there's never enough, kids need to see us wrestle through this together. Because our kids are going to know our armor. Kids are going to know our stuff. They're going to pick up on it. And if we don't talk about it in our homes, our own stuff, in a way that's, hear me here, age appropriate, right? We may transfer our stuff to them, which is the last thing that we want to do. we don't talk about it, it becomes a secret. Secrets aren't vulnerable, they're not safe, and they don't respect. So I think in the midst of vulnerability, there's the freedom to struggle, the freedom to question everything. Money, (laughs) right? Politics, religion. The heart of life. To experience adversity, All those develop resiliency in the lives of our kids. Muscle. Spiritual muscle. All right, fourth. Fourth. Uh, Cultivate a sense of belonging. Uh, Everybody wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Do you? Right? I mean, we all do. We all want to be a part of something bigger than self. I'm constantly amazed. Even my, one of my 
my middle daughter, uh, we've, we've had this. I'm not going to let you in on all our stuff because we're still working through it. Um, maybe I will. I just talked about vulnerability. So our middle daughter lives in Phoenix. She wants to come for Thanksgiving, right? They have two dogs, puppies. We have a dog. We also have a new grandchild. We also have humans coming from around the country. We don't have a big home. So we're, we're, we're going to attempt to put in our living room, I don't even know how big it is, family room, kitchen, dining room. How many people? Don? 12 people and 15 animals. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know where I stand on this position right now. 12 people, three dogs, and a newborn. Maybe another dog and a cat, the way things are rolling. And we're going to have a good time. <laughs> right? But my middle daughter called yesterday, and I've, I've been the one that's, we need to protect the newborn. We need to protect the newborn. And our middle daughter calls yesterday in tears. I want to be, Thanksgiving is for family. I want to feel a part of the family. My family is two dogs. Can we bring them? Right? I'm not going to tell you how this one ends up. <laughs> this notion of belonging, though, is important. Belonging may mean a temporary suspension of my own ethics for my own home. Perhaps. Because my daughter's sense of belonging is more important to me than whether or not I hold the line. I think you know how this one ends. <laughs> because at the end of the day, it's just a house, and God's got them. All right, last one. Hopefully you're finding something in here that's helpful when you think about your homes. In other words, lighten up a little bit, slack on the rules, and think about the environment that you're creating in your home. Big picture view, right? It flows from this. It's what it meant then to fill this out back then, and I'm suggesting there's different ways to take this, these principles and apply them today. Through respect and through safety and vulnerability and belonging and enough creating an environment of enough in a world where there's just never enough. And that's our struggle as Christian people. God didn't need creation to be fuller. But it was out of the love of God for God's self that all of creation springs forth. God was and is and all be enough for God and if we direct our families so it's ridiculously countercultural for us as big people to say enough world of not enough because we're never good enough we're never perfect enough, we're never thin enough, we're never powerful enough, we're never successful enough, never intelligent enough, never certain, never safe enough, never extra 
never enough money, never spiritual enough, which drives me crazy. Shame is never enough. How about enough of never enough? Because in Christ, in this circle dance, living in our homes, there's more than enough. If we create an environment that is respectful for all, it's safe, it's vulnerable, and it's a place where everybody can belong. Call to action. Two things. Ready? Two things. Number one, tether up. Tether up. We're never called to go at it alone. That's why God actually finds God's unity in three. So we don't need to go at it alone either. So tether up. Tether up with some folks ahead of you. Tether up with some folks that are going through similar life experiences. And tether up with some folks that are kind of behind you and looking forward to it. Tether up. The Search Institute in Minneapolis came up with 40 developmental aspects for children and youth. Tether up to Mindy Plick. Tether up to Garrett Gerhardt. Tether up to people in this room. Tether up to your teachers. Tether up to your coaches. The more of the 40 assets that, that a child has according to the Search Institute, and you can go online and get these, uh, they predict the success of the student throughout the rest of their childhood and adolescent lives. Search Institute, Minneapolis, 40 developmental assets of youth. Tether up. Can't do it alone. No person is an island. Right? Number two, second point. Uh, just talk at home, you know, just talk. No fubbing either, you know what fubbing is? It's like if Don and I are out at dinner, which we actually did the other night, uh, and we're talking back and forth, if I just reach for my phone and I'm still talking with her and I do this, I'm fubbing my wife. It's called fubbing, I'm not even sure what that means. It just means I'm not paying attention to her because I'm distracted. Anybody else do that? Oh, nice. She's actually point. They're pointing at each other. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Sherry actually was more emphatic than you, by the way. And she started before you did, just in case you wanted to know that. So just talk to each other. You know, no phone zones. Shut it down. Declare no technology zone for your dinner time, at least once a week. Isn't it funny i got to say this now? At least once a week. Go for two, but start with one. You see, there's this interesting trend in, in culture right now. We think that being technologically connected makes us less lonely. Unfortunately, the opposite is true. It makes us lonelier. Because if we're unable to be with ourselves or other people, <laughs> we're lonely people, man. We're just going to be more lonely. So two action points, I think, coming out of this text. Tether up and just talk. Right? Because it really does all flow from this. It really does all flow from this. Uh, let's pray, shall we? Okay, so it's never everything that you can always say about everything. But it's a few things to get us thinking about survival guides for our home, intentional parenting, 
intentional churching, intentional community-ing, sorry, English majors. But what a profound challenge that we receive this day, God. Environment of respect for all in an age-appropriate manner that allows each to be each with their own personality, interests, hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Safety, vulnerability, a place to belong. Enough. So we throw lifelines out to you, as many as we can, and we talk. We actually have conversation and dialogue, a mutual exchange of ideas, so that all of us, parent, child, grandparent, churches, and communities are different because of the conversation that you invite us into. May it be so, in the strong name of Christ. Maybe all God's people said? Yeah. yeah. All right. Keep struggling with it and wrestling with it. It's no formulaic answer, but it is a start. Okay, so this is Pledge Sunday, um, and we've talked about this for quite a while. If you're members, you've got something in the mail. If you're not, you've been here, you've got, there's even something in the worship folder. Last week, we pledged to pledge. This is the week to pledge. <laughs> this week and next week. So uh, the worship team's going to come up. Actually, not yet. We're going to show a video. We're going to show a video. Uh, then after the video's over, the worship team's going to come up and lead us in our last song. While that last song's playing, feel free to, uh, same, same traffic flow as communion. We're going to go down the center aisles and out. And if you want to pledge, today and next week is the day to do it. If you want more time and need more time to think about it, you can drop it off or mail it to the office. But there's an offering plate right there. Take a look at this short video. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Remember this, 